1: Hi there. Hey, I'm the Commissioner Chris Perry, uh, the Commissioner of the Western Collegiate Hockey League, and we're lucky this time to not have Andrew with us. Thank you, Andrew, for bailing on us. But uh, instead, we have a special uh, guest all the way from Springfield, Missouri. It's the assistant coach for the Missouri State Ice Bears, number 10 in the nation this week. It's Cliff Cook, Mr. Coach Cook. Thanks for joining us here on the crappy WCHL podcast.
0: Well, thanks for having me, and I would use that term "special" very, very loosely at this point.
1: <laughs> special, I love that. I love it. Well, t- tell us you're you're at the rink right now. You said that there's uh, yep. you guys are slowly trying to recover from a healthy series against uh, the number one team in the nation, Lindenwood. You brought them to within 29 seconds of a shootout, oh. and, and then uh, and then. And then the next night, they just they just kind of overwhelmed you. It was, what, one-to-one, and then they just came undone and scored. They just, you know, they they it's like death by a thousand cuts playing those guys.
0: They just keep coming yeah, at you in waves. Was, they do. And it was, you know, despite the end result, it was a really good weekend for us. Saturday, or Friday night was one of the most fun games I've ever been a part of. And, you know, for it to end the way it did, no matter who won, was, that was a rough one. Uh yeah. And get homered in our own barn with light of glass. But uh no, it was a fun weekend. it was a very physical weekend. Uh we are a little little banged up at the moment, but to be expected this time of year, whether you're playing a full season as as we are half a season. Um, yeah, Saturday night it's a little undisciplined, which you know I've I've heard you and Andrew talk about and you hit the nail on the head every week. Discipline's been an issue for us at times and it kind of bit us again uh Saturday, not as bad as normal, but you can't can't give Lindenwood that many opportunities uh, they're just too skilled i don't care what their power play percentage was coming into the weekend. You give them opportunities they're going they're going come at you
1: yeah yeah they're uh they're they're pretty talented they just like to sit back and take all the yeah. power plays they're uh that's uh, and the, and then they can move the puck tell 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 me this. Yeah. On Friday night, when that uh, what, what did you think there last minute of play to go into in in the in the overtime game? You forced him. You've, you've played extremely well. It's two to two game, and this big mountain, this tree of a human being, jumps off the lindenwood bench and just stops right there and plows one of your guys in the
0: next week. It wasn't just any guy he plowed either. It was Josh Bell.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, who's who's <laughs> yeah. like who's who's leading scorer, and he's the guy who yeah. has, who's been the most dangerous all night long.
0: And, and then, then he wanted to argue the penalty, <laughs> <laughs> like like it was yeah, Josh's no. fault. Right now, and and the funny thing was the penalty that was actually called was too many men on the ice. You can believe that. Uh, oh, God, he uh, not only not only made the big hit, but did it before it was time to do it. Yeah, that was you know, thankfully Josh is healthy. He's okay after that. And, you know, at the end of the day, we were thankful to have a potential power play opportunity there, but, uh, weren't able to take advantage of it. But, uh, yeah, that, that third period, you know, we, we had a great first period, Friday night, uh, second period, you know, took our foot off the gas, just enough, just enough to give them the chance to come back. And then that third period, you know, squirrels third was just back and forth and, you know they're they're gonna outshoot everybody they play just because of the style they play. So you know the shot totals can be deceiving at times, but uh, that was just a really fun hockey game. It
1: was a really fun hockey game, and it was uh, I was glad to see Missouri State uh, being resilient because you get the early one to nothing lead, and then uh, then they came back and tied it. And that's you know in years past we'd kind of see you know teams not necessarily Missouri State but teams playing Lindenwood they would just pack it in and say oh here they come. And Missouri, yeah, we showed a a
0: glimpse of what we can do.
1: Yeah, you did because you you came back and you took the lead again, and you said, okay, you know, we got punched in the mouth, we're going to punch you right back in the mouth, and it it was two heavyweight teams there.
0: Yeah, we've known since this summer that we on paper had a had a team that was had the ability to compete with the top teams in the country and and hopefully compete for a national title, and we just haven't shown that yet until that Friday night. Um, You know, even. It sounded crazy to say after our weekend at Lindenwood, where we got blown out of the water Friday, and uh, and actually played better on Saturday. But even coming out of that weekend, I, I looked at Jeremy a couple times and said, "Man, we're we're, we're not far away. We're right there." Even you know, it's hard to say that after a 13-3 loss, but that was more us than them, just shooting ourselves in the foot. So,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. you know, I, I think, and we we got a pretty pretty nice uh, compliment from uh, from Zombo. This weekend, uh, you know, he told us multiple times that was the best two teams played all year, and that we had a really good shot at this thing. And to hear that from him, you know, is is a we'll take that as a great compliment.
1: Yeah, very nice. Yeah, you don't get uh, compliments don't come out of a coach zombo very often, do they?
0: <laughs> from what I've been told, no. But for you know, I, for him to say that was the best they played, and it was a tie game, you know, Friday night, that that says a lot about what we're capable of. Good,
1: very good, very good well coach tell us uh, tell us a little bit you've got a got a little bit of history there with uh with head coach jeremy law uh I do. yeah. why don't you we don't need to go into all the sordid details but uh, uh <laughs> t- tell us tell us a little bit about how you ended up in springfield missouri
0: well jeremy and i first met it's been nearly 15 years ago now he was uh he was running the hockey shop at the Star Center in Farmer's Branch, Texas, and I was the hockey programs director there. That's when we first met. Neither of us were coaching at the time. Um, and then, you know, I, I left the job early. So, to be quite frank about it, I wasn't very good at the job, so I left, and uh, he and I lost touch. And about a year later is when he ended up with the Brahmas, and we reconnected, and he uh, needed another guy on the bench with him. And so our first time coaching together was – you know, it's been, what, 10, 11 years ago now, uh, maybe longer than that. As much as I move around, I've lost track of, of years. But uh, so, we, yeah, we first coached together for about two and a half years uh, a while back with in the Texas Brahmins and Western State League. And then uh, he he was instrumental in kind of pushing me. And I, I was never sure. I'm a little bit older than Jeremy. Not a lot, but a little bit. And even <laughs> with that, I was never quite sure I was ready for my own junior team and he He's the one that kind of pushed me and convinced me I was so I ended up, you know, getting a job with the New Mexico Renegades, um, and then in, in the Swiss sort of the state, in that small hockey world, uh, Joe McConnell moved the Renegades to Springfield, Missouri, and they became the Express. And Jeremy took that team over. So um, <laughs> crazy, crazy how things work. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a winding path through Tier Three Juniors for me. Uh, after New Mexico, I went went up to Marquette, Michigan, and over to Brooklyn, New York. Uh then uh, a year of AAA hockey with the Pike Peak Miners out in Colorado Springs before going home to Texas for a couple of years to coach there. And then uh, was fortunate enough to get to spend the last two seasons up with uh, the Missoula Junior Bruins in the NA3HL. And just had a great time up there. Amazing, amazing town, great organization. Uh, had a lot of fun with that. But, you know, I always had this nagging thing where I wanted to, to complete my degree. Uh, you know, I, I it's funny. I, I every time I listen to you and Anthony talk about Iowa State, I just laugh because I actually started my my collegiate career at Iowa State, yeah. back in 1995 and didn't last very long. Al Murdoch and I didn't quite see eye to eye on how much playing time I thought I should be getting, so uh, <laughs> I uh left, left town there and ended up signing with the Oklahoma City Blazers uh soon after that, but um. But I, I've always had it in the back of my head to finish my degree. Uh, I was I knew there was about to be a change up in Missoula. And so back in October, I called Jeremy up. I said, hey, by the way, do you know anybody looking for an assistant next year? And by then, he had already found out that uh, that his assistant was, was leaving and moving on to another job. And it just worked out where I could come work with Jeremy again and, and once and for all finish my degree. And now at 45 years old, I'm – you know, moving in that direction. I'm pretty excited.
1: So you're, while you're coaching Missouri state, you're actually taking classes there at Missouri state.
0: I, I am a student. We joked about it because my professional career, you and I texted a bit earlier. I remember and I, I joked with people that I never tell anybody that I actually played professional hockey. In the three years I tooled around the CHL and the wchl i never once played a regular season game. Yeah. Uh, I've had a couple of my bosses that thought I lied on my resume, and I said, "Well, I never put in there that I played." Um, so I always wondered if I still had eligibility because I'm actually a student again. And they <laughs> were the guys here were joking. I I have D three eligibility. Said, yeah, but I'm 45, I'm 255 pounds. I don't think that's going to work very well.
1: <laughs> I don't know. That's that sounds like a front line forward there at the D three line. You can go out and uh, clear <laughs> yeah. a lot of clear all the space you want.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow! Uh, but No, it's it's fun. It's fun to be back with Jeremy. He is, he's one of my best friends. Has been for a long time, uh, even off away from hockey. We're just we're like brothers. We're close. Have been for a long time, and to get to work with him again is a lot of fun. Uh, and to, and again, to finally pursue that that degree is, at a great great school like Missouri State. It's been pretty pretty exciting.
1: Now, what are you getting your what, what's your what's your major? What are you pursuing in terms of your degree there?
0: Yeah, I'm a, so I originally started out and I stuck at this as a journalism major. Um, I'm, I'm a writer at heart. I love to write. Uh, and then I'm, to go along with some of that, I did a lot of graphic design, a lot of the, this year at least, the majority of what you see on the very state social media comes, comes from me. Um, Steve you know, Cassie still handles a lot of the website stuff. Uh, I, I've added a little bit to that where, hopefully in the process of updating the entire website soon. And uh, I will do a bit more once that's done. But yeah, uh, I'm a writer at heart. I love to write. Uh, I do it as often as I can. And so that print, print journalism degree is, is where I'm headed. And with the long-term goal of, of getting into the teaching and coaching, uh, hopefully down the line at uh, my old school up in Lake class in New York.
1: Very, very nice. Now, are you in any classes uh, there at Missouri State? Do you have any guys that you coach? Are they in in any of your
0: classes? I don't, I don't believe so. And with with how things are set up with COVID this year, I only have one in person class, anyways. Yeah, that um, makes and sense. I don't think we have any other journalism and media guys uh, on the team. I think most of them are business uh, and engineering. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't believe I do. Uh, we talked about it a little bit. There's one class that actually really started starts next week. For a short class, but I think it's possible one of them is in that. But again, it's an online class, so it wouldn't, wouldn't really. I did uh, really see him.
1: Yeah, I had totally zoned out that uh, you know COVID is making everything online now. So yeah, I can understand yeah. that uh, it's not like you walk into a room and all of a sudden there's right. you know your starting center and he's like, hey, what are you doing here? It's not yeah, like that anymore. Yeah, I have one.
0: I, yeah, I have one in person class, and it is a little odd walking around campus uh, and getting into that into that classroom. Uh, in, in these current times.
1: <laughs> I bet. I bet. Well hey, let's let's unpack a little of these places because you have you have been all over the place. You just mentioned you oh, you, yeah. you played in or you, you were up in Lake Placid for a little bit.
0: For... I did. So to kinda even step back a little bit from that, you know, I, I do have you know, again you and I briefly message earlier, I, I've got an Oklahoma connection that started even before my time with the Blazers. Yeah? Um, I'm originally originally from Dallas, Texas, born and raised there. Um, in my last year of youth hockey uh, prior to prep school, I actually played while living in Texas. I was playing for Oklahoma City. And <laughs> my coaches, you'll love this, my coaches on that team were Larry Donovan and Craig McAllister.
1: How about that, huh? So,
0: what a small yeah, world. Again, small world. Uh, Brian Bradley was a part of that uh, back then, helping out as well. And, and Brian was instrumental in, you know, my getting involved with the Blazers. But, uh, but yeah, I went to prep school at Northwood School up in Lake Placid. Uh, it's a phenomenal place to be, uh, home of Mike Richter and Tony Goddotto and Craig Conroy and guys like that. Um, and then I uh, spent three years there and went off to again to Iowa State, but I, was, I wasn't even there long enough to drop any roots. I was about a semester and a half before I shut that down and, and went and tried to professional roots.
1: Okay, well for, and
0: then I got into coaching. For, for, yeah. for,
1: for those of us who, who haven't never been to Lake Placid, all we've seen is the 1980, you know, Miracle on Ice uh, yeah. stuff. I mean, do, do, what's what's the town like? Because I've heard it described as just a very, very small, teeny town in the middle of, you know, the, the it, it mountains is, up there.
0: It, yeah. That's, well, it is actually technically still a village, in fact. Okay. Uh, yeah. Officially, even though they have a township but it is technically still a village. Uh, yeah, there's not much to it, uh, but it's you know we've got Main Street, which has all the shops and things. You've seen in the movie Miracle, which most of it was filmed in Vancouver, but you can see glimpses of that Main Street downtown. It starts basically where the Olympic Center is. There it goes the Oval and, and the big race. Um and then it, it goes. She's I think it's a mile long, uh, and the town itself is set on Mirror Lake. Lake Placid is, is just kind of on the, not even on the outskirts, it's just kind of on the edge of town. Uh, the Mirror Lake is the lake you primarily see anytime you see images of Lake Placid. Uh, and the school, the campus, is directly across the lake from the Olympic Center. Uh, walking distance, used to walk through the lake all the time. Uh, so that will give you an idea of, you know, how small the town is. Yeah. Uh, and it's, to me, I, you know, I mentioned I, my goal has always been to go back and, and you know, a part of that community again uh you know from the day i left there after graduating in 95 it's it's always felt like home to me you nominated know, texan I, I felt felt like lake class is the place i belong and so that's still the, the long-term goal uh, whether that's two three years away or longer i don't know but it will it will be the eventual goal
1: good very nice so how do you do, do? What what's the culture shock going from playing in Lake Placid? And you said at one point that you also coached. Uh, you, you you went to school in Lake Placid. You, you played there, yeah. but then you ended up coaching in Brooklyn. I mean, that's got to be yeah. night and day.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I, you know, I enjoyed. I had the kind of a great setup there, uh, I was coaching with the New York Aviators. Uh, Mike Stanaway and I. So Mike Mike and I had uh, originally was an awkward moment in new mexico where he kind of took over at the christmas break so that's a story for another day but uh, i ended up staying with mike and going up to marquette with him and then we both went out to brooklyn as well and he's still there in fact but uh it was a great setup because the team was based in brooklyn played at aviator sports uh, you know when you pull in the aviator sports you're staring directly at freedom Tower in manhattan uh, just a spectacular setup uh, but the house i stayed at i had to stay in the quote-unquote, hockey house, which thankfully those those kinds of things are hopefully non-existent these days. And it, it was me and 10 players, which Ugh. didn't bode well for the relationship I was in at the time. She didn't like that very much, but uh, it was great because we were actually in Lido Beach out on, out past uh, little off of Long Island, so I was far enough away from the city to avoid the, the madness of the city, and literally our house was 100 yards from the beach, so it was beautiful. But from my balcony I could see Manhattan so we were you know literally a 30 minute train ride from being underneath Penn Station or really in Penn Station underneath Madison Square Garden so we were we we're far enough away to avoid the madness but close enough to go get involved if we wanted to that's that's pretty cool that's pretty yeah cool. it was great
1: and then uh you can't go wrong out there in Albuquerque I love a little bit of New Mexico even uh, though it's not not much I of a hockey place yeah yeah it's, they're, they're learning to embrace hockey, but it was kind of rough going out there for a little while. Yeah, the...
0: I, I got in, so again, years are getting away from me, but by then the the NA team, the North American League team had left a year or two prior, uh, so it was just the Western State team there in Rio Rancho where we were, uh, the rink in Albuquerque wasn't on board with the junior team coming in there. We had tried to move there. It was a nicer facility, but they, they weren't having it. Now, of course, that rink has been bought. Uh, they have the North American League team there, which unfortunately, due to COVID, is having to actually play all their home games in North and Hill Texas, where the Brahmers play uh, this year. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I loved that community out there. That was a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: What, what, tell us about uh, coaching there at Pikes Peak, because Colorado Springs is kind of a unique place, especially for hockey.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. So that was actually the last year that they were called the Pikes Peak Miners. Uh, they they switched the name, which which is always a bit of a sore spot with with me for sure, but especially the guys I worked with, uh, one in particular Luke Bolgen, who was a member of the original Pikes Peak Miners junior team many years ago and then went on to win a couple national championships at Denver. But you know, he was really upset that they changed name. But you know, it was you know, quite at the old Surditch ice center there, just uh, the a little hole in the ground, literally rink, it was a lot of, it was such a cool atmosphere, and you know, again, I I had a pretty nice view from that balcony as well, When I literally could go have a cup of coffee in the morning staring at at my feet with uh, the jets from uh, the Air Force Academy flying around, you know, it doesn't get a whole lot better than Colorado Springs, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, I had some uh, relatives up there, and every time I'd go visit, my, my neck would you know, I'd always be turning to the West, turning to the West and, you know, just staring at the mountains. And, um, they were like, Oh, we don't even know that they're there. We, we just take them for granted. And I'm like, how could you do that
0: if you lived up um, there? Yeah. yeah. I, that was my morning routine was to, to go check that out. And then the really neat, the neat setup at, uh, at new year's is they had this group of guys and I can't remember the name of them, but it was like a very special group. It was almost like a, almost like a lodge member type thing that New Year's Eve, they would. Spend a couple of days hiking to the top of Pike's Peak in the awful snowy conditions, only to set off fireworks at, at midnight on New Year's Eve. That was their big thing every year. It was really cool.
1: That does sound cool. That's very nice. I tell you, yeah. though, the, when I think of Colorado Springs, obviously it's the home of USA Hockey, Colorado College, yep. there, U.S. Air Force is there. I mean, so big, heavy hockey presence. Uh, in addition to the miners, I don't know what they're called now, but they I always call them the, the, the youth program, the junior program that's up there, the Pikes Peak Miners. But uh, the thing I, I think of most, uh, or not I think of most, but I, when I saw, I went up to Colorado Springs for a thing, uh, had to visit some folks up there, again, relatives, and uh, went to the Garden of the Gods. Which was just glorious, yeah. glorious stuff. But there's a sign as soon as you walk in, or as soon as you start the walking portion of it, that says, "Oh, you know, just uh, be careful because there's mountain lions around here." And you know, yeah. if there if there are mountain lions, <laughs> make yourself as big as possible. And you know, it, it, it was it was just so casual. It was like, oh, you know what? There might be a hummingbird nearby. It might just rip your face off. Right.
0: And I'm like, what the yeah. heck is
1: this all about?
0: One of the families, uh, you know, we had obviously quite a not a ton of Colorado Springs local kids playing for us at the time. We had a lot of a lot of Alaskan kids actually, including uh including Jeremy Swayman, who's uh you know, hopefully soon gonna be wearing a Boston Bruins uniform. Uh, playing for Providence right now. But he uh we had another local family, uh had a beautiful home up in the mountains a little bit and we did a Christmas party there and they were showing us pictures literally from earlier that day of mountain lions just roaming around their backyard. Oh. No, like Very nonchalant.
1: I'll, I'll pass. I'll pass. You know what? Yeah. I'm not a snake dude, but uh, I'll take a snake anytime over a mountain lion. <laughs> hey, I'm with you on that. I can, sure. I, I can kill a snake. I don't think I can kill a mountain lion. <laughs>
0: So they yeah, they were so nonchalant about it.
1: Oh, no, pass, pass, pass. Well, beautiful stuff, but boy, if that's what it comes with. Oh, it makes you wonder.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, exactly.
1: So you're up in Missoula there for 2 years or a year and a half or so. So uh two,
0: Yeah, 2 years, two, yeah.
1: 2 years in Missoula. What's talk I know that Missoula gets a an awful lot of uh, uh, hype because of the Grizz up there, the University of Montana, yeah. and it's a it's a hopping college town and it's supposed to be this just this uh, oasis of of fun and depravity in the middle of absolutely you know gorgeous, <laughs> gorgeous America that's West.
0: Probably the best. That's probably one of the better descriptions I've ever heard of it. <laughs> and the other description I had, being a being a native Texan, to me it was like the uh, the Austin of Montana. Really, you know, that, that's similar similar kind of you know feel. Very. You know, very loose and fun and college town. Uh, obviously not anywhere near as big as Austin, but, uh, that was one of my, you know, I've been very fortunate, even though I've had some, as far as the professional side of things go, hasn't always gone as well as I had hoped. But everywhere I've been has been pretty special to live and, and to be a part of. And I put Missoula right there at the top of that list. Great people. I'm um, actually hoping to be up there here in a couple weeks over our spring break to go visit some people and pick up some stuff I still have in storage up there. But uh, uh, it's just a special, special place. I'm so excited. You mentioned the Grizz. You know, two really good friends of mine, including my former assistant coach uh, when I was up there, are bringing back the Grizz ACHA Division II program. I'm so excited for them to get yeah. an opportunity to do that. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. That that's going to be that's going to be a team that gets a lot of support up there rightfully, so it's going to be fun for them. Good, good.
1: Well, I, I know their uh, their football team is well-renowned and yeah. Uh, yeah. doesn't get an awful lot of, at least down here in the American South, doesn't get an awful lot of pub, but it's it's just a powerhouse at the NCAA, yeah. what, the FCS level, I guess it is. I don't know what it is. It's the next level below yeah, they, at Texas A&M. And yeah, Texas they do pretty
0: and, well. Yeah. yeah them in Montana State do pretty well. Montana State or Montana Tech? I get them confused. Which, well, whichever one.
1: I, I was going to ask you. Uh, I was going to bring up the fact that Montana is bringing back a uh, or they're starting up a D two team. I was going to ask you if you got asked to uh, come back and help coach, but it sounds like your two buddies sniped you sniped the, that opportunity yeah. before you got in there.
0: Yeah, no, I, that's all them. I'm I'm excited. It's it, my my assistant coach from when I was the head coach up there, uh, Mike Anderson, and uh, our good buddy who is with uh, Hockey Wolf, which. I'm, I guess mean, there's probably a decent amount of listeners that have heard of Hockey Wolf. They're, uh, they're all over the place with, uh, you know, with the North American League and other leagues and, and do stuff for us as well. Uh, uh, but Will Grossman, who's uh, one of the managers there, it's the two of them are going to be co-head coaches. And could, like I said, I couldn't be happier. Two great guys. Uh, they got the right people kind of running the show there. It's going to be a great, a great scenario.
1: All right, I got to ask this: Pikes Peak, Colorado Springs, Missoula, Montana, Lake Placid, Springfield, Missouri. Which one of those four is the coldest you've ever been in?
0: Uh, well, you missed one, which is going to top them all yeah. and that I, I mentioned briefly: Minnesota, Marquette, Michigan.
1: Oh, Marquette, Michigan. Okay,
0: Marquette, <laughs> Michigan, up in up in the UP. Yeah, that was. I, I was there with Mike Stanley at the Marquette Royals uh, the first year that team existed. We won, won the old Minnesota junior hockey league that year. Um, that was, that was a pretty chilly winter. Um, okay. I think I'm trying to remember, I think my second year in Lake Placid back in high school, we had a record breaking winter. So it might've been that year, but it, I can tell you Marquette wasn't far off with it. So, Mar- so yeah, Marquette wasn't wins. too bad and Colorado Springs wasn't bad. Yeah. Really? Missoula wasn't bad. Okay. All right. No, I mean it get cold, but it wasn't anything. Very nice. nice. I mean, I, again, I, I'm like people tell me I'm the worst Texan ever because I prefer the cold weather, so it doesn't really phase me too much. I Oof. can't stand the heat, so I was I was born in the wrong state.
1: <laughs> well, count me as one of those 2 I'm originally from Boston, but uh, I can do without the cold oh, weather. I, I love the sun, so uh, bring it yeah. on. All right, so tell me <laughs> how how in the world did you end up with the Doctor of Hockey himself, Coach Murdoch, at Iowa State? How do you go from Texas to Lake Placid
0: to scenic Ames, Iowa. It, it was kind of accidental. The year before, the summer before my senior year, there was a guy out of Texas that ran some, some smaller hockey camps called Face Off Hockey School, and he was running a camp in Ames, Iowa. Never even heard of it, like I'm sure a lot of people, until they started watching Ohio State, had heard of it. And uh, he was a friend of the family, asked me if I wanted to come help out at the camp. I said, sure, went up there like the campus. actually, you know, it's it's not a bad little town. I actually other than the situation, kinda of like some of my professional situations, other than you know, what went on with the team, I, I really actually enjoyed Ames. Yeah. Uh, great school. Um I just unfortunately once I stopped playing for the hockey team, I enjoyed Ames a little too much. So fell <laughs> so, fell into that trap. But uh, yeah, I had been up there that summer, kind of liked the town, I talked to Murdoch. A little bit not a lot I mainly talked to some of the, the players that were there and assistant coaches and said you know what this might be it might not be a bad fit and uh turns out it wasn't the best of fits so okay and so you <laughs> played you played half- I, you know i enjoyed my time uh-huh. i did enjoy it. it the hockey situation didn't work out well but i, I did enjoy age and uh it was nice to actually get back up there this year you know to go coach up there uh, and it was even nicer to pull a win
1: out of there. <laughs> it's always nice to win up there at Iowa State, isn't it? <laughs> it certainly sure was. I'm telling you what—that's uh, yeah, we it, down here at Oklahoma. We had a special rivalry with them because we were the only two uh, Division One schools or the Division One club hockey schools in the Big Ten or Big Twelve. And so, yeah. uh, you know, they always tried to make a big deal about that Iowa State and Oklahoma, Oklahoma and Iowa State. And I loved going up right. there in uh, pulling, yeah. pulling a W out of there. Even better if we yeah, could sweep it, them.
0: It felt good. They, they're, I, I'm not going to lie. I might have mentioned to the boys my background there a little bit before before yeah. that weekend. So
1: well, i was and, hoping
0: to give them a little extra motivation just for their, uh, their new assistant coach. <laughs>
1: well, and I get a ton of respect for that program because they've – you know they created you know that that program is 50 years old and then the reason why it's so mm-hmm. why it's so so special to win up there is cuz their that program is so good and you know it's yeah. no big deal if you're always going around and you know beating up on the uh you know the blind sisters of alabama or something but uh, when you take on the mighty uh iowa state cyclones and especially at their place and you're able to get them that's yeah. a, that's that's an accomplishment so so you 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 had fun in Ames. Uh, you didn't have fun playing <laughs> hockey names, Ames, but you had fun elsewhere in Ames. Um, and yeah. then and then you decided to go pro. And you, you you said you bounced around Central Hockey League. You signed with the Oklahoma City Blazers of the Central Hockey League. And then you bounced around from uh, CHL teams and even some Western Professional League teams.
0: Yeah. Probably my two best potential opportunities. One, I thought Oklahoma City. I, I was in Oklahoma City for about two, three months. Uh, uh, you know, not to not to go too far back in the archives, but I, I thought I I should have had an opportunity in the lineup. Uh, never happened, but yeah, that's neither here nor there. Um, you, you, and in you,
1: fact, you, you know why it didn't happen, don't you?
0: Well, I, my last name wasn't Sodder.
1: Your last name wasn't Sodder and you weren't born in Canada. I mean, yeah, he, that's true. He hated yeah. he hated <laughs> well, the Americans. It brings, it,
0: it, you actually bring up a good point. Back then, thankfully, these days that has changed. But you know there is some truth to the fact that I you know back growing up playing hockey in the 80s and even in the 90s in Texas that address did not work in my favor obviously nope. and nope. You, know, you would see that you'd see that guys would see that and would instantly assume well he you know he might be okay but he can't possibly be good enough to, to play at this level and you know it's it was a battle it was a fight to get those opportunities thankfully now you know things are better and, and some of the best hockey players in the country are coming from the South. Uh, you know, and Austin Matthews from Arizona and, you know, there's, you know, uh, well, <laughs> Matthew Donovan from right there in Oklahoma, you know, we've got some phenomenal hockey players coming from the South, uh, the Jones boys, you know, both from Dallas, now yep. on the show, but uh, yep. you know, it, it was a, it was a battle back then. And, it, and it's funny, it, it's funny you bring up because I, I thought about this recently when I talk about my situation at Iowa State and I talk about my situation in Oklahoma City, it was kind of a learning point for the players. You know, I spent 25 years blaming Al Murdoch and Doug Sodder for why I wasn't in the lineup or why I wasn't doing that, and it's taken me from now to sit back and say, you know what? What more could I have done personally? Like, what what was I not doing? Was I not putting in enough work off the ice? Was I not doing certain things in practice? And that's those lessons you want to pass along to, whether when I was coaching juniors or now at the college level. It's you know, what what more can you be doing to prove your worth, and I look back on it now and say, you know what, I have to take blame as, as much as I want to, you know, get all upset at, at Al and get all upset at, at Doug. You know, I have to take as much of the blame and say I could have done more and proven myself more.
1: Well, that's pretty. Uh, that's you know, it's good to be able to take uh, take a step back and you know, give that self examination and uh, you know that 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 critical eye to, to yourself and to, and to recognize that. So that's, uh, I guess, got to be a, a huge sign of it's, growth.
0: Yeah, it took, it took, yeah, it took longer than it should to realize that. And I prided myself uh, throughout my coaching career, especially at the junior level where it is truly developmental. Obviously you get to college, there's developmental aspects, but you're also here to win. Yep I, I didn't, worry so much about winning when I was coaching tier three juniors. Now when I was coaching with Mike Stanaway and we had the teams in Marquette and Brooklyn and we were winning, don't get me wrong. That was a lot of fun. But I you know when I've had my own teams and I was head coach, I, I was all about the development and the teaching. I didn't care what the scoreboard said. I didn't care what our record was. Probably got me in trouble with some of my bosses along the way and I, I didn't care because to me we were about as much of what we were doing off the ice as it was on the ice and teaching these young men how to be not just better hockey players but better human beings and that again even though at this level it's, there's more emphasis on the winning there's still that aspect cause these are these are young men turning into grown men you know by the time they leave here that you know we want to help become better better members of society and for me to be able to call on my experiences in the past and relate those stories and and what i've learned is is massively important i think
1: Amen. Amen. You're absolutely right. It's, uh, you know, even though these kids are coming in as 21 year old freshmen, uh, by the time they leave there, they are young men and there's a tremendous yeah. growth from the time they start school till the time they end school. And it's always, I think uh, we forget. Yeah.
0: It, I think we forget a lot of times cause we, you know, I, I, we said this, I had parents and even just fans when I was in Missoula say that's a lot. And they would, you know, they'd see these guys on the ice and they're, they're battling and they just look like Grown men and they're hitting each other and getting in fights and doing this and that. Same thing at this level. And then you got to remember at the end of the day, they're just young guys, especially when I was coaching juniors. You got 16 year olds out there and 17 year olds. They're not these gladiators. They're, they're kids. Uh, And obviously at this level, they're men and you treat them as such, but they're still learning and that's why they're in school. And I I think people watching and, and even at sometimes the coaches themselves, including me, we forget at times that there are more lessons to be learned than just what's happening on the ice.
1: Yep. No, there's a lot of truth there. No, absolutely a lot of truth. It's uh, it's kind of fun to watch the kids grow. I told uh, oh, when I was yeah. dealing with my Oklahoma guys, they're like, "What? Why are you doing this?" And I said, "Well, I'm doing this so that you know, ten, fifteen years from now, when you come back with your wife and your, you know, and your kids." Yeah. You can you can come back and you can appreciate what it is that we've that we were doing here and why we were doing it because you're going to take some of these lessons and apply them into your life and you're going to be successful just like we want you to be. You know, we want you yeah, to be successful the on quotes, the ice and on, and in the classroom.
0: Yeah, one of the best quotes I've ever seen, and I, it bugs me to this day. I can't remember who it was. It was a basketball coach and may very well have been Red Auerbach. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who it was. It's just a quote. He was asked the question you know, what's your definition of success as a coach? And he said, has nothing to do with wins and losses It's how many wedding invites I get. <laughs> and I, I, that, to me, says it all. Like, you're making an impression on these guys. Yep. And like you said, there are former players of mine now that are married with kids, and for one, it makes me feel incredibly old, <laughs> but two, it, it makes me proud to see them successful.
1: Yeah, that's the whole deal. You want them to be successful, and it's... Uh... Yeah. so you so you floated around Oklahoma City and you you got yeah. jerked around by, by 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 the handlebar by the walrus <laughs> himself Doug Sauer. Uh,
0: I won't say I got jerked around there was one moment where I got jerked around a little bit and that was frustrating the one night I finally thought I was getting in the lineup dressed me for warm-ups because we had a banged up player who actually was my line mate during preseason so I did get to play preseason and I did really well it's another frustrating part yeah uh, one of one of the leading scorers on the team during preseason but uh yeah, the had, had a guy was a little banged up, so he dressed me for warm-ups just in case. And as soon as the warm-ups were over, I'm sitting in my stall all excited to go. Had my family and friends there. It was the first time in my pro career. And he walked by the stall, didn't even stop. He was headed to his office and said, get undressed. I said, oh, man. Wow. That was fun. I bet. That was a, that was a kidney punch. <laughs> but, uh, that, was, As it turns out, was the closest I ever got to a regular season game. I, I w- would have had a probably pretty good opportunity – with the Tupelo T Rex there in the WCHL, because the year they had had hired George DuPont to take over as head coach, George signed me right away. George was one of the guys on the team at the time that kind of that really believed that I had the ability to play. Yeah. Uh, and even guys like Joe Burton, uh, who I know you remember, Smoking Joe. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they, all these guys were great to me. You know, I was never in. They, they were really good to me and took, took care of me. and were supportive of, of me and uh, Joe or George in particular, and I, I still talk to George occasionally. You now he signed uh, he signed on to be the coach, in Tupelo signed me right away. And then then his deal fell through in Tupelo before the season even started. He went back to New Mexico, and uh, every guys like me that he had brought in, they they immediately kind of tore up contracts and said, "No, we're good." So that didn't work out either. That would have been probably my best opportunity because George did did believe in me.
1: Where else uh, in the yep. central in the central league or the WP did you run around?
0: Oh, had a little brief stint in Fort Worth. That was towards the end of the season, and Mike Kruszoniski was coaching uh, NHL legend Ned yep. Uh Great guy. He he was very upfront with me. He he brought me in for for a trial. I spent about a week there, and he kind of told me some inside info that even the other players didn't know yet, that that was going to, the team was folding after that year. And so they weren't really in a position to bring anybody in. So at that point I was back in Texas and decided this isn't working. So uh, that's why I, I hung them up and looked to, look to try something different.
1: All right. All right. Well, I didn't know if you'd been to uh, other scenic outposts like uh, Abilene
0: or uh, Waco. No, or, I, tried, uh, I tried to get to Wichita, uh, Doug Sauter had had mentioned to me that Wichita was interested when he put me on waivers. They didn't pick me up off waivers. So I tried to get up there. That didn't work. Uh, I did go to training camp in Amarillo. Uh, that one I failed miserably. That was entirely my fault. I was not in the best of shape and it, uh, it, it bit me for sure, especially considering the rink, for training camp was about 95 degrees because the circus had just left town literally. There were still circus animals in the parking lot. (laughs) <laughs> um, when we started training camp, and I had a terrible, terrible training camp in Amarillo. I was only, again, only there about a week before getting, uh, getting the bags packed and heading out. So, yeah, I, it was a few, uh, it ended up being about four or five stops, and most of them very, very brief.
1: <laughs> wild, wild. Okay, well, hey, let's talk about <laughs> including this.
0: To, including, by the way, including Tupelo, where I had a signed contract that got tore up before I ever entered the city of Tupelo, <laughs> Mississippi. So, Can you believe That one was really fun. Can you believe? I mean, I,
1: I could. I will tell you this. I have a Tupelo T Rex banner hanging up in my garage. Uh, um, those are
0: the best logos, weren't
1: they? I mean, what? Yeah, I mean, th- those old Wiffle teams had some great freaking logos and some yeah, and some crazy names. But uh, the Tupelo T Rex, I was like Tupelo, Mississippi. I could, I I could see a lot of things well, going I, in there, but not hockey.
0: Well, and here is the problem I found because I, I was told this later on. Apparently, and I, I don't know if this is still true, but at the time the bars in Tupelo closed at eleven. So how are you going to have a professional hockey team in a town when the bars closed at <laughs> eleven?
1: Well, see, that's there not you go. gonna work. No, that's definitely not gonna work.
0: But yeah, yeah, the old you know the old Macon Whoopi. and, and you know, Yeah. obviously back where I'm from the Austin Ice Pass and the Central Texas Stampede and that whole crew and yep yeah there's there's some fun stuff. But yeah. I was I was an Amarillo when they were still the Rattlers. They weren't, the, and those were probably my favorite uniforms ever. Amarillo the, Rattlers, those, those
1: were awesome, weren't they? I could never figure out what the yeah. Amarillo Gorillas were all about. I mean, it'd oh, yeah, I don't know
0: either. They, I don't know why they left the Rattlers.
1: Yeah, it rhymed, but uh, I love the Rattlers, and <laughs> and then they had they had David Rattray out there in the Rattlers, and I just thought, man, what a uh, what a what a great that, that was. I thought it was just great.
0: Um, I, I did have fun with the Blazers, though. My my line mates in preseason that year for the Blazers were you know, Tim Sullivan. Well, I'm not sure if you remember Tim. Oh, yeah. A uh, little guy. A little talented player. He he assisted on my first career goal, which obviously doesn't really count for the preseason. But, uh, and then probably an all-time favorite there, big Ron Aubrey.
1: Big Ron Aubrey. Uh-oh. OBS is still around. Yeah. I, mean, he's, he's still, I
0: heard. He, he actually recently added me on Facebook. I see he's uh, he's doing some fighting these days, which is <laughs> not a surprise to anybody.
1: <laughs> I, no, not a surprise to anybody. Sully, <laughs> I don't know where Sully is these days. I think he's back up uh, back up east somewhere in uh, the Massachusetts area. But yeah, Tim Sullivan, yeah. part of the uh, very first championship team for the Oklahoma City Blazers back in, well, I think it's at, what, 94, 95,
0: something like that. Yeah,
1: and, uh, yeah
0: he, and actually it's funny because this is a really, again, the small world and the kind of, at times, tough world of, of minor league hockey. Yeah. Not to go off on a tangent here, but so Sully so was the one that was banged up the night that I dressed for warm-up, but he was able to play. Okay. Um, I do remember that. And then the day I got, after I cleared waivers and got released, he had dug and Sauter had signed a new player. Who happened to be walking in the building as I was walking out. And it turns out it was a former fellow Northwood school alum from Lake Placid who I knew very well was taking my spot. No way. <laughs> yeah. Who was that? I couldn't believe it. I saw, I saw Brad Preston. Brad I saw Preston. walking in the door said, you gotta be kidding me.
1: Oh my gosh. Brad Preston. Then his brother, Eric came down here too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What? Brad Preston, he's a year, I think he's a year older than me. He graduated a year ahead of me. At Northwood. But yeah, we we knew each other a while. I was like, "Oh, this is just this is even more cold blooded than I thought."
1: And so we, you were walking out, and there's there's Presto walking in. Yep. Oh it's man, crazy
0: how that the timing of that. Right
1: out of the movies. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, yeah. Let, let let's talk about this year because uh this year you guys yeah. uh COVID obviously has has played a huge impact on what we're doing. And for the first semester, Missouri State didn't play any ACHA hockey, but you did play hockey. You played this coach's cup. Coach's uh, cup, yeah. Yeah. Tell me whose idea should was the coaches and, cup.
0: Should we, yeah, should we go ahead and talk about who won that? Well we will eventually. And, and who Oh, i say who won and who, who lost in the final. I think we, uh, I think
1: we will. I think,
0: <laughs> I think we'll I think we'll definitely address no, but, that yeah uh, no the coaches cup was a great idea that uh, that Jeremy had along with our division three coach Cody Blevins. The two of them uh, kind of came up with that um, and then we just ran with it and we were able to get you know sponsors for the team sponsors for the tournament uh, and you know convinced uh, Steve castson to go ahead and broadcast all the games and it was just a lot of fun the coaches got together one night at Jeremy's house uh, when I was still living over there too and you know might have cracked it adult beverage or two and did a draft and uh, you know it was. It ended up being just the, the, the boys loved it. It was just a lot of fun for everybody. Uh, I, I thought it was you know, ingenious. We, we didn't know how competitive it was going to get but it got competitive.
1: I, I thought it was ingenious because it was a way to get your team on the ice, both teams <laughs> Division 1, Division 3 and to assess You know, it's it's like a, a semester long tryout for all practical purposes yeah. and I just thought it was yeah, great. and I think
0: yeah, and I think we, you know, it, we could have easily done it probably a little longer. I think we had the timing just about right. It, it only, you know, we did it for just a, a two or three weeks, whatever it was. I don't even remember now. Uh, each team got to play four or five games uh, instead of, you know, obviously a round robin to start. And we had a, you know, semifinals and then a consolation game and a championship game. So it worked out great and just enough ice for everybody. Uh, and again, it ended up. You know, being more competitive than I think we expected yeah. um, without getting crazy, you know, without you guys doing nuts on each other. It, it was just, it was a lot of fun. The boys took it serious. Uh, we actually got a trophy made. Um, it's still sitting down in our office right now. We need to get it engraved. We're going to attempt to make this a, an annual thing now.
1: Well, that's, that, that's excellent. That's what I was going to ask, if you're going to try to do it year after year. And I'm, I, I know yeah. you want to talk about it because uh, you <laughs> ended up in the championship game against Coach Law.
0: And uh, go ahead yes, and tell everybody how
1: that turned out.
0: Uh, it, it turned out pretty well for the <laughs> assistant coach, I'd say. As <laughs> Rob's portable building team took, took home the championship.
1: Yeah, a dominating 5-2 to two win, if I remember right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, the yellow you know, team just
1: smoked the uh, the other team.
0: That's right. We lost one game the whole tournament. It was our very first game. After that, we we were unstoppable.
1: Did you have a plan when you were drafting players? I had no clue. <laughs> I well,
0: didn't even know who the guys were.
1: Well, okay, yeah, I, I was
0: brand that, new in town. I didn't know who anybody was. Well,
1: that's why I was asking because I'm I'm looking yeah. here at the stats and you you clearly. You, outsc- you had the most goals for and the second least, or the, yeah, the second least goals again. So I didn't know if you went in with a draft plan or if it was just luck of the draw and excellent coaching that caused the championship to land in your life. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I got very fortunate in goalpinning. I ended up with, with Brady Griffin, our, one of our leaders, super senior and board president and one of our captains. And then, uh, It was funny, though, because I think the guys were trying to mess with me every time I made a pick. They're like, oh, I don't know about that one. (laughs) They all know it, and it turns out they were just messing with me because I ended up, obviously, with a fairly decent team. I'd say so. I think think we would all admit we felt Jeremy did, on paper, have the better team. Yeah. But, again, at the end of the day, what does that mean? That's right. That's right. My boys came out and took care of business.
1: (laughs) That's why you play the game. So that's so great. so. Tell me how close how close afterwards did you come to getting fired?
0: <laughs> Not at all. Not come on, all. no, we uh, no, we wouldn't had a we wouldn't had a beer after. It was all good. All right. He actually predicted before the game I was going to win. I think that's that's just typical Jeremy reverse psychology. Exactly, that's that's, Jeremy. I, yeah, I, Jeremy. I've known you far too long and know you far too well to know how you operate.
1: <laughs> he's he's trying to pull the old rope a dope on you.
0: <laughs> Yeah, you're
1: not sneaking that by me. <laughs> All right. Well, very well. T- tell us. I mean, now you're playing, so uh, yeah. and it's and it's a little bit different. Obviously, we know that it's a tough uh, season. It's a different kind of a season because of COVID. But um, how is that? But I mean, besides the obvious, how do you are you still coaching the same way, or are you have a new adjust because of the coronavirus?
0: No, uh, we we haven't. You know, as far as what we're doing. Hockey-wise, nothing's changed. Uh, we've, we're we very fortunate here. Um, our staff has done a fantastic job of, of sticking with protocols. Uh, we have an amazing athletic trainer. Jackie's taken good care of everybody as far as, you know, making sure we're all doing what we're supposed to be doing to stay healthy. Uh, you know, from a COVID standpoint, uh, obviously there's not much you can do when we start getting guys injured in games, but, uh, uh-huh. you know, it's, We've we've been very fortunate. I you know we had a couple of issues in the fall, but it was over break and nobody was around. So any any time we've had a, a COVID situation on the team, uh, knock on wood, it's been at a at a time and place where it didn't affect the team. Nice. Uh, whether it was guys having it over the summer before they even arrived, or you know a couple guys I think, if I understand right, had had it over Christmas break when we were gone for a month, so it didn't affect you know, everybody else. So it's, like I said, knock on wood, we've been very fortunate and uh, hopefully we can maintain that, you know, moving forward. And I, I think we will. Like I so said, we've, we've done a really good job of, of protocols and, you know, disinfecting locker rooms and benches, and, you know, just making sure we're we're staying as, as clean and healthy as, as we possibly can. And
1: yeah, it's worked so far. It's worked so far. Yeah. Well. All right. Well, hey, you've got, what, six games left in the regular season. You're at Maryville, at Midland, and then you got got uh, the – some D two team from Texas, East Texas Baptist. Baptist. I mean, you, you'll you'll yeah. just roll over those guys. I mean, that's point night for Missouri State.
0: <laughs> Let's so. see. I've heard they're actually not too bad. Maryville played them and said they're not that bad. So uh, we don't we don't necessarily want a, a point night type game, but we definitely don't want a game that we have to stress too much about. But uh, we're not going to. Based on our record, we're not really in any position to take anybody lightly right now. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've got. Uh, you've got some, uh, you got some nice wins, and you've got some, uh, you've got, a, I think, a nice little schedule for the makeshift schedule. Everyone was scrambling you know, uh, in December and January to find games. So I'd say Missouri State came out pretty, uh, pretty well in terms of you know what nine out of the 10 teams in your conference are gone or not playing. and so you had to literally scramble right. to feel the whole schedule. And I'd, I'd say you, you guys have
0: done pretty well
1: with uh, Iowa State yeah, we- and a Lindenwood and uh, a Midland on there and a Maryville.
0: Yeah, and it would have been you know, the only one we're disappointed in. I know, you know our players are, and I know the other school is, is, is not getting to go out to Liberty. We were really looking forward to that, uh, not just for you know the opportunity to, to be on ESPN Plus and all that good stuff, but any time we can get to play the team we haven't seen and one of the top teams in the country, you know, we're, we're looking forward to that for a number of reasons, not only to challenge ourselves, but you know, to be honest, it, it helps in the rankings if we can have a good performance at a spot like that. Yep.
1: Yep. And it's a great place to play. It's a, it's a great experience. The guys will, I mean, you, you know, this, since you've been around all, all over the place, um, guys are, there's special places around the country where guys will probably never, ever go ever again, but they'll always remember, um, a particular trip or a particular place where they played And Liberty is one of those places um yeah so for sure. I, yeah.
0: any any chance we can put something new and exciting on the schedule i, I know we'll try you know budget willing and, and all that so
1: yeah very good all right well hey let, let's let's end with a little bit of uh well here let's let's do this tell us uh, we've talked a lot of hockey we've talked a lot of cliff cook tell us about cliff cook not the hockey guy i mean you got any guilty pleasures you're rocking <laughs> out to any particular uh tunes or something really gets your gets your juices yeah. flowing
0: I'm a, you know, I joke all the time. I'm a pretty, pretty boring guy. A pretty mellow guy. i has been like that my whole life. You know, I was,
2: yeah.
0: I was pretty psychotic. I was psychotic as a player on the ice took a lot of penalties and played like a madman. And then I'd get off the ice and people were shocked because I, I'm, I'm pretty low key. And like I said, I love to write. You uh, know, it's, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't. I'm not that exciting. If you if you
1: love to write, you gotta love to read. So give me give me the name of your of yep. the book that just came to mind just now when I
0: brought that up. Uh, probably gonna and it's hockey related actually, and I highly recommend it. Uh, Bear Town, from a Swedish writer. In fact, there's a it's now a mini series, if you will. Uh, I don't think it's available in the United States yet. It's only available in Sweden, but they will have English versions. I can told Yeah. Uh, Bear Town. Uh, it's. It's a hockey's kind of the backdrop, but it's it's uh very powerful and dramatic book. Uh I'm trying to remember the name of the author off thought top of my head. He's Swedish, so i makes make it a little harder. But uh okay. yeah, Town. we'll look that up. And there's there's a, another I'm trying to remember there's a second book in that in that sequence there related to it. And I'm just, Escaping my mind off uh, my head. But he's got another great book. He's one of my favorite authors right now. And I say that when I can't remember his name. Uh, Frederick. Uh, oh, my old assistant coach up in Missoula is going to kill me. He's the one who introduced me to this. He's going to kill me for not remembering the name. That's um, all right. First name's Frederick, though. I know that. But, yeah, Bear Town. Go, go check it out.
1: Bear Town. We'll find it on Amazon and it's
0: a series. Yeah. There's a. Okay. It's it, the, the hockey ones are it's two books. Yeah. Bear Town and then the other one. Um, and then Us Against Them. Is the second one
1: us against? Them. Uh, and
0: then he's got some other books that have nothing to do with hockey, that are really good as well.
1: Are they written in Swedish? Or are they written in English?
0: No, they're in English. Yeah, All right. they're in English. I, didn't, I yeah, yeah. didn't know if you had
1: a special talent there that we didn't know—a special undisclosed. No, you spoke I, Swedish or something no, from wish, Texas.
0: I, I wish I, yeah, no, no, I wish I knew some other, some other languages, especially the hockey coach It would help to know some Swedish and some Russian and some Finnish for sure.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, how about this? When when you're flipping around the the TV screen and you see a movie. Uh, you're just flipping around. What's the one movie that'll make you stop and watch it?
0: Uh, I got two things that are going to throw some people off here. One's movie-related one one's sports-related, things mm-hmm. I will stop down for every time they're on. Let's the movie it. is Casablanca. Really? Uh, Casablanca is my all-time favorite movie. I will stop down if ever I ever see it. I've, I Most of my adult life, I've found a way to watch it at least once a month. Wow. Uh, I haven't recently just because of school. Uh, but I, and it goes back to... You know, one of my other passions for years, which I don't do anymore, was photography. So I was a black and white photographer for years. And that kind of movie and the way it's shot just really, you know, got my attention. And I wanted to be Humphrey Bogart. He's the coolest guy ever. (laughs) uh, All right. But the other thing I'll stop down for that everybody makes fun of me for, including Jeremy, is if there's a cricket match on, I am going to watch it. In fact, when I get home tonight, I will be watching cricket.
1: Really? What is it about cricket that you dig?
0: I'm a massive baseball fan, so when it, you know I, I, I tell b- our players all the time. Hockey is, you know, my passion, it's my life, it's what I do. But we all need an escape from that, and for me, it's whether it's I'm writing or reading, but also it's baseball. I love baseball. I don't follow any professional sports teams except the Texas Rangers. Uh, they're my team, and when baseball is not happening in the winter, cricket is happening in Australia, and New Zealand, and the Caribbean, so I can. I can watch that. All
1: right. I always thought uh, cricket was basically baseball without the foul
0: lines. And, uh, you know, <laughs> they just I, haul I off and fascinated. hit it as hard as you can. Yeah, I am fascinated by cricket. I, I spent a week in St. Kitts many years ago uh, in a prior relationship. Almost moved down there, in fact. Would would have been out of hockey, that's for sure. But I kind of fell in love with, with cricket when I was down there that week. And I've been hooked ever since. Uh, yeah. Great. If anybody has ESPN Plus, go go find the little cricket ball in the sports section and go watch some cricket. You'll you'll see why I I enjoy it so much.
1: There you go. All right. Well, hey, before we play, uh, before we end here with a little factor fiction, I got to ask you. You said you're a Texas Rangers fan, and for that, I apologize. Um, But I got to ask
0: you. Yeah, it's tough.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's
0: it's It's tough, and I don't follow them as much as I would like to, since I move so much. It makes it hard. But yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it used to be the. I mean, the Rangers were just they had zero success and then when Ron Washington came over there and Nolan Ryan was the was the uh, yeah. uh, the general manager for the team they found some success and actually what made it to the World right. Series against the Cards wasn't it
0: twice yeah twice they and, lost to the Giants and the Cardinals yeah yeah and then I'm not ashamed to admit that when they made the World Series I cried I'm not that's how right. passionate a fan I. I am, but again, it's, I say that, and I haven't been able to follow them over the last couple of years. since I've been traveling so much. So,
1: so here's my question: You've been to the ballpark at Arlington, where they formerly played. Yep. Have you been to the a new season
0: ticket holder there? In fact,
1: have you been to the new one, the Globe Life Field, the one that just opened up?
0: I have, I, I want to go just to see it, but I think it might be one of the ugliest buildings I've ever seen in professional <laughs> sports.
1: <laughs> All right. And before that, did you ever go to the uh, to the original Arlington Stadium?
0: Arlington Stadium, you betcha. Yeah, my dad used to take me there when I was a kid.
1: All right, so, sure. so so tell me, rank them one, two, and three.
0: Oh, the, the ballpark in Arlington is still, to me, one of the most beautiful ballparks. And the fact that they moved out of there into the new facility will bother me forever. Okay. Yeah, I, it, so ballpark, I haven't been in the new one, but I think it, it's hideous. It looks like it's the world's worst barn or Home Depot. I, I've heard people call it a Home Depot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, just because of that, I would still rank the old Arlington Stadium ahead of it. I so, loved the uh, old Arlington. Yeah, the ballpark. Yeah. I loved Arlington Stadium, but nothing to me beats the ballpark. It, it really bugs me that it's now a football stadium. Uh, yeah, it's, that place was, was special, yeah. I thought, and, and should should still be holding Rangers baseball as far as I'm concerned.
1: I, uh, I always enjoyed the ballpark at Arlington, but every time the Red Sox came to town, it was like... 150 degrees down in the Metroplex. And when yeah. you got 80,000 people in there for a day game, holy smokes, it was, uh, what, I just yeah, hated what, yeah. what,
0: what bothered me when they built the new stadium is it was always my understanding. and I, I could be wrong, but it was always my understanding when they originally built the ballpark in Arlington, they, they designed it specifically so they could have a roof put on it in the future. So mm-hmm. why didn't they just do that?
1: Yeah, as opposed to That's building. That's what I've been wanting to know. Yeah, because it it was a beautiful square, and they could have just put a roof yeah. right on top of it. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. me personally. What, what do I know? Yeah, me personally, I love the old Arlington Stadium. A lot of aluminum bleachers, and uh, it was just old school and the The fact that uh, nobody would go to the games was made made it great. You can buy a ticket in the bleachers and walk around and sit on the third or first base line, and uh, yeah, it was just great times. With uh, that's when Absolutely. Nolan Ryan, I, I saw Nolan Ryan. Uh, uh, get bloodied from Bo Jackson. Uh, we, yeah. we we were there when Nolan Ryan decided to give Robin Ventura a couple of knuckle sandwiches.
0: Uh, and, uh, the we, highlight of my Ranger life. Love. Nolan Ryan taking out Ventura. When uh,
1: the Oklahoma City 89ers played, and they were the farm team for the Rangers for, for a little while, and yeah. we had a guy here named Otomy McNowell, who was the uh, center fielder uh, I for I remember Otomy. Oh, yep, center fielder yeah. for the 89ers, and then he moved down to Texas, and
0: yeah. Otomy's now. good to go m- to 89ers game
1: yeah yeah good times good time baseball right there yeah. so all right hey let's yeah <laughs> let's play a little factor fiction really quick and then we'll get you out of here because we oh appreciate boy. your time it's all right sorry right, this yeah. is all going to be easy uh we just got five of them and we're going to we, we won't hold you to it until i get to nationals okay um <laughs> okay. so here we go after this weekend's games versus lindenwood missouri state mm-hmm. is going to be higher ranked higher than number 10 in the nation Fact or fiction
0: that's, that's a tough one. The only reason it's tough is because I don't know what the new teams that got to play this weekend are going to do to the rankings. I'd like to say facts, but I'm a, I'm worried these teams that finally got to play a game this weekend and these other conferences might might mess everything up. So they, they, they I'm, I'm going to say facts. Yeah. Good. I'm going to say fact. I think we did enough, even though we lost. I think we did enough to move up a spot or two.
1: Yeah, that that Friday night game will go down as a tie, and a four loss, yep. a four goal uh, loss. The next night, you're going to be fine. Those teams that started up yep. this weekend, they suck, so don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> all right. So, factor fiction. Missouri State plays Maryville this weekend at Maryville, right? Yeah, you came. Uh, you you they you split with them earlier when they came down to Springfield. So fact or fiction? Missouri yeah. State sweeps Maryville this weekend.
0: If we play like we did against Lindenwood, it's a fact. There we go. I like it. All right. Fact or yeah. fiction?
1: Cliff Cook is a snazzier dresser than Jeremy Law. Fiction.
0: Fiction, really? Oh yeah, Jeremy. Jeremy, uh, I'll go ahead and say it publicly. I don't care. He's very metrosexual. <laughs> well, I wondered yeah, because of that a, haircut of his. I'm a sweatpants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm a I'm a sweatpants and you know sweatshirt type of guy. I, I get dressed up for games, but even that's questionable. Yeah.
1: So, but he, meanwhile, he's out there wearing his girlfriend's jeans and stuff like that.
0: No, he's he's very Canadian.
1: <laughs> All right, here we go. Factor fiction. Missouri State goes to nationals this season. This is a layup. Fact, 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 fact. You're the only team from the Western Collegiate League. You're going. Yeah. All so right.
0: We, having said that, you know, we talked about it with our players. You know, what, you know it looks, least by all accounts, appears we will have the auto bid, which is great. We want to get there on merit. We want to get up in the rankings to where we've earned the spot and uh, obviously help with speeding once it does start.
1: Yep, yep. Well, there's, that's, that's the absolute truth because, like we were talking about those, uh, the teams that started up this weekend, those crappy teams, if they decide that they can go to nationals, they'll, I mean, they'll, they're going to nationals, but they're going to be seated way down at the bottom. And uh, yeah, you, you definitely want uh, to play for a higher seed and get a better matchup. And uh, you don't want to have to, you don't want to have to run into Lindenwood until the championship game.
0: Yeah. We, we don't want to be the token, you know, the token team making it just because we're the only ones in in the WCHL playing, you know, that's, that's great. And we'll take, you know, we'll, we'll make the trip for sure, but we want to, we want to be there on our own merits as well.
1: Yep. yep. All right. Last one. Last one. Uh, if we were to have a best two out of three, Coach Law versus Coach Cook, coaches' cup rematch. Factor fiction. Coach Cook still wins.
0: That's two out of three. I think. Uh, I think we'd still take it. I think it would go all three games. Yeah. Okay. I think. Yeah. I think that's a fact. Yeah.
1: Look at you. I like this. Four facts, one fiction. So uh you're going to be higher than 10. There's going to hopefully have a sweep this weekend and uh, going to Nationals and taking care of Coach Law once again. So all right, I yeah. like that. Yeah, and yeah. then we'll 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 throw him the old fashioned bone, right? Where he cuz a, he's a little yeah. bit snappier as you said metrosexual yeah. type.
0: Yeah, like I said, if we play like we did against Lakewood, I think we'll be in good shape this weekend even although again not to not to already start making excuses, uh, but it, there is a legit factor—the fact that we are we are a little banged up. But I'm sure they are too. They they had a tough weekend against Midland themselves. So yeah, um, you know, it's, again, it's that time of year. Everybody's banged up, so there's really no excuse. Got to be
1: got to be prepared to go play Midland. You got to bring your knives and your uh, and your
0: little nunchucks. Nah, nah, yeah, nah. Oh, by the way, but I I did listen to last week's show. Uh, I Uh-oh. guess uh, Andrew lost that bet, huh? <laughs> Andrew loses a lot of bets.
1: He just he just yeah, refuses yeah. to admit it.
0: I, I think the final total is six penalty minutes, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. For,
1: for number forty, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, he he was a good boy. I think I think you know I talked to Coach Cerrone uh, almost every day, and yeah, he, I think he put uh, I think he put number forty on notice, and so he might have you might have <laughs> put his thumb on the scale there to uh, don't don't be an yeah. idiot. So. Yeah, Andrew definitely. Yeah. He loses a lot more than he cares to admit. He's that's that's why he's <laughs> that's why he's the sidekick. So, well, hey, Cliff, I appreciate your time. I appreciate uh, the insight. It's great to great to talk to you. I've heard an awful. I'll tell you this. I first heard of Cliff Cook um, because when you were coaching the Texas Ramas, I had two kids come on up to Oklahoma, and they were telling me that they had committed to Oklahoma, and uh, it was a kid named Tyler Cauthron, a defenseman. <laughs> and a kid mm-hmm. named Hassan Maki uh, uh, oh, a, a yeah. guy a guy I who love Maki yep he love was him. but he was about 3 foot 2 and uh, oh, that's on a good day that's in skates <laughs> yeah exactly and he was trying to tell me that he had committed to the University of Oklahoma to come play division 1 hockey and in the meantime I'm playing with all these guys from Tony Curtale's tornado teams and i was like where where are you guys from actually and that's they said oh yeah cliff cook's our coach at uh down for the browns i was like okay i'm gonna have to
0: talk to coach cook there's there's one of my guys that's a freshman there this year uh one of my one of my favorites and we're not supposed to play favorites but one of my favorites i've ever coached known him a long time he played for me the last two years in missoula but he's a texas kid uh connor fry okay he's there in uh He's there in Norman now. Uh, I was trying to get him out here to Missouri State, but he was dead set on OU, and I can't blame him. Yeah,
1: well, you can't, can't win good, them all, right? Program. Yeah, it's a, it's a decent yeah, little good, place. good program. But, uh, Even after
0: coaching him for two years and being good friends with the family, I just couldn't quite squeeze that out to get him in the yeah. kind of spring field. It's all right. Just rub it in. I could <laughs> chirp him right now and say, hey, we were playing, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> See? I was just going to say not, that. That's not fair. That's not fair to Austin and the, and the boys. You wouldn't, you wouldn't
1: <laughs> dare do that, would you? No. That's not
0: no. no. I actually, no. I haven't talked. I've have not talked to him. Yeah, very you know, good. Good family though. Great kid. Happy for him. I, I actually, Scotty Joy played for me as well. He's there this morning.
1: He is a good little player, isn't he?
0: Yeah, he played for for me with the Dallas Blackhawks Triple A.
1: Wow. How about that small world? Hockey is a small world. We always say it. I'm not a hockey guy. Absolutely. You're obviously a hockey guy. You've been around, <laughs> but, um, uh, hockey, the one thing I have figured out is hockey is a very, very, very small world. And, uh, you yeah. know, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of wild you're throwing some names out there that obviously I'm very familiar with. And, uh, Oh yeah. It, you know, Larry and Craig, for sure. Larry and Craig, Mike and Tim Sullivan <laughs> and Smoke and Joe and dupes. So, uh, and, and even, yeah. even Eric and Brad Preston, wow. What about, what a deal.
0: So <laughs> Northwood boys. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. Hey, that's Cliff Cook. He's the assistant coach for the Missouri state ice bears. He's the second best dresser on the, uh, on the Missouri state bench. Um, Cliff, <laughs> we appreciate your, your time tonight. Thanks for being part of the WCHL podcast. I'm sure. so sorry that you have to listen to me and Andrew blather on. Um, but oh, I enjoy
0: it. But you, we, you, you guys don't give yourselves enough credit. Uh,
1: we, we, we try to have fun with it. At least I do. Andrew's, Andrew really has to think. I mean, he's, you know, he has to put a lot of effort into this thing because it's, it's taxing on his poor little peanut. So, uh, oh, geez. But uh, we wish you the best of luck up there against uh, the Fighting Hogans at Maryville, and I look forward to seeing you in St. Louis in a couple of weeks.
0: Sounds great. Thanks for having me on.